Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Part of me wishes I was dead. Because... There's your intro. Because... Brendan Rogers is back as Celtic manager. We are here to react to it. This is 20 Minute Tims. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm joined by Stephen. Hello. And Melly. Oh, yes. With his bag of cans. <laughs> new manager. Pre-season taking off. New players. Follow us on patreon.com slash 20 Minute Tims. We will bring in you Celtic's pre-season under Brendan Rogers. Extra writing, extra podcasts, extra videos, and you can support the podcast, patreon.com slash 20 Minute Tims. What do you think was a harder sell? Selling Patreon to the listeners and viewers or selling a Celtic return to Brendan <laughs> Rodgers? Well, we, we sit here a week on from mm. our video. We, it feels so long ago. We were so young and innocent back last week when yes. we were talking about it as if this was still just a mad rumour. Mm. He had just edged into the sort of the, the leading horse in this, yep. this race. He was, he was the favourite. So we spoke about it last week. And what I said was, I, I just can't see it. I can't even picture it. And as we sit here a week on with the confirmation that he is the the Celtic manager for the second time. I still can't quite believe it. I, I think I need the the pictures. I think I need the press conference and all that to mm. fully digest it. But as as we sit here, it, it's really it's really quite difficult to digest this, isn't it? It's, it's been a, a roller coaster of a week. Ne- never in a million years. Never. When did he leave? Four years ago. See, so yeah, February twenty sixteen was it? What, something like that. Was it? No, 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 no sorry, twenty nineteen. Yeah, yeah. So about four years ago. When we recorded that now infamous he's never going to leave podcast that we've referenced <laughs> many, many times, I just could not envisage a Brendan Rogers return to Celtic no. uh, well, for, for a number of reasons. You do yourself a bit of a disservice there. Mm. You have mentioned on this podcast that you see a scenario when Ange leaves that Brendan Rogers returns as manager. Mm. Didn't think you quite meant it right now, no. did you? <laughs> <laughs> no. Maybe next year or the year after, but I it just everything seemed to fall into place for this to happen, didn't it? everything had to fall into place and now it's here I always say look I can see it happening but I can't see it happening Mm. so I'll believe it when I see it still not quite seen it yet but I do believe it now and I believe we're in for a good ride again I mean there's a couple of strands there's a couple of strands to this Brendan Rogers story right off the bat we'll get the boring bit out of the way in terms of managerial appointments pretend he didn't have the history that he does imagine he didn't work for Celtic before there is no Brendan Rodgers history he comes right off the back of that Leicester run and he's Celtic's next manager after Ange Postacoglu Stephen is that a good hire or not? Oh yeah I think I don't think much has changed from last week when we discussed whether he or he was or wasn't the the number one candidate in terms of his CV and all that. Again, it's, it's very difficult to separate entirely the history and the politics from yep. it, which we'll get into, of course, because people have mm. been outspoken on on that kind of thing already. And we're, we're only a few hours on from the announcement. But it, there's no doubt he was the number one candidate for the job. Absolutely no doubt. When you when you talk about the, the competitors that were in there, Maresca guys like Knutson or however you pronounce that. We spoke about them all last week and they all had their various appeals, but the guy who ticked the most boxes, including knowing the city and all, like, yeah. all the stupid stuff we laugh about before, but he does know kind of what it takes and he knows what it's all about, Celtic and all that stuff, right? And he knows <laughs> the good and the bad of that, right? So he must have agreed to something um, when, he, when he came back up the road. But there's no doubt that Brendan Rodgers was by far and away the number one candidate for the job and I'm glad he's got it it's it's it feels really really weird right enough I never thought for a single second I'd, I never thought he'd be back I know there was all the talk about how he had un- unfinished business at Celtic 
he, he seemed like it, things kind of fell into place now because he was out of work, kind of like the last time. We need a manager, we need a high-profile manager, we need a guy who can, if not fill those massive personality shoes of Ange Postecoglou, yes. sort of do something along those mm. lines as well because we can't just go to a guy, an almost like voiceless coach guy like Enzo Maresca yes. from the whirlwind that was Ange Postecoglou. Can we really go from that to just a guy who's into coach and take the first team and can't really deal with the media and all that? So Brendan Rodgers coming back, it's exciting. It's exciting, mm. but it's, it's still very, very hard to take in. As far as a managerial appointment goes, Melly, for me, this is top draw. Oh, it's box office. Box mm, office yeah. again. And no matter what you think about Brendan Rodgers and his Celtic support and life. We're going to cover it all. Yeah, we will cover it all. I think the fact is, but if you're looking at a manager who has successfully managed in the Premier League three times, won an FA Cup there fairly recently, there's no chance we would be able to get him if he didn't have an affiliation yeah. with Celtic. Absolutely no chance. And to get a manager of this repute, for Celtic again after losing Ange a couple of weeks ago it's big dog energy it's absolutely big dog energy it is the appointment that probably the easiest for Celtic in terms of that's the guy we should get mm. making it happen is another thing and it looks like they've made it happen and now that things are different from when he was first uh, first got the job Celtic have moved on a lot things have moved on a lot Celtic are in a position now where they yeah. have never been on. We could be possibly strengthening from a position of strength. Unheard of in mm, in Celtic's history. So I'm looking forward to it. I think he's going to be a very different manager to Ange. Doesn't mean he won't be as good. Let's talk about that Premier League success a wee bit. Let's dig into it because one of the pushback things people have been saying about Brendan Rodgers is, you know, I he, he was a Premier League manager and if there's any concerns I've got, and I said this last week when I used my hackneyed Range Rover comparison about how the game maybe, you know, you don't get too many bites at the Premier League cherry and, you know, Brendan Rodgers is a canny guy and maybe he thinks, you know, there's no too many options for me here in the Premier League. He did get a late offer apparently from Leeds and he didn't really want to drop down the leagues there and instead that was you know, something else under consideration. But let's talk about the Leicester stuff. There's there's a lot of people saying, you know, he failed at Leicester. Yeah. He, he, he nearly got Leicester or he did get Leicester relegated. He's responsible for all that. And we touched on it last week. We said, you know, this is partly to do with the business model, the financial fair play, the COVID season really stretched, stretched Leicester's finances. They had to sell a lot of players and all that sort of stuff. So let's run through Brendan Rodgers at Leicester. Um, in his first full season, they are, did they finish fifth? Is that my right yeah. in saying that? Yeah, so... People can look at it and say he sort of failed there. I, I I don't think he has. I think the the fact is if he had have done any better at Leicester, he wouldn't be at Celtic right now. Yeah. He would be either still there or in a better job. The When he first went there, I think he took over when they were 15th. He guided them away from a relegation easily. They had a good end to the season. But when he went down, things have changed a bit now because Newcastle. But when he went down, there was a top six in England. That was it. There was the top six and that was it. He broke that twice. Yeah. He broke that twice. That is incredible to do that. He won an FA Cup first time ever for Leicester, possibly. I'm, Probably, uh, yeah. he, I think he did a really good job. But the thing was, for a guy that is uh, slagged or... It said that he's not loyal. He was probably too loyal to Leicester and that he stayed on when he probably should have left at the start of the season, knowing he wasn't going to get the money, knowing that players were leaving, the team had sort of come to end its cycle and... It was probably the right time for him to leave. So I think he'd done a great job at Leicester to have them up there challenging. They should have got fourth at least once, probably twice. But this is what happens when you're not that team. And that, that's why there is a top six because they're consistent and they I do think it. it was, was no second season. He missed out in fourth place on the last day. There was yeah, some dramatic, big dramatic finish yeah. to that. And again, out of context, that's taken as failure. But, mm. but I mean, we're talking about Leicester here, and as Melly's already detailed, we're talking about how there there are six major clubs at any given time. That changes. Yeah. Maybe one drops out, and another you know becomes. You know, Spurs weren't always part of that. Now they kind of are, and then they fell away again. So it's it's always different. But there's a reason they talk about the top six in England. That may even be seven now because yeah, because Newcastle have joined that now. But you, Leicester aren't one of those. So yeah, they won the league years ago now, but and that was an incredible story. But that's not the norm for them. And I'm, I, I, kinda, I find it a little bit tedious now. I mean, I'm not interested here in sweeping under the carpet all of the guys' failings and misgivings. Mm. Anything he's, I'm, I'm not just, any of his shortcomings, I'm not going to do that. But I think to just... Dig at his height. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to, I think to just, short, to just blanket 
label everything either outright success or total failure mm. is kind of where the online discourse has gone with football. It's a, it's a little bit tedious. I don't think you can look at a, a club like Leicester finishing fifth twice and the, the European run they had and winning the FA Cup and say it was an absolute failure just because they get relegated at the end of it. They were always going to go down eventually, whether it was Brendan Rodgers or... Whoever was going to likely to take, I mean, they've tried a few things now. Mm. They they went down because they basically ran out of money or weren't prepared to spend it anymore. I've seen it pointed out that they spent a lot of money on Suter and there was a Belgian, I think, or French, or Vice, I think, cent and a half, spent 15 million or so on them. And that, in Scottish terms, is a huge amount of money. But isn't in England, it's absolutely nothing. Yeah. That's that's proof that they don't have any money yeah. if they're going out and spending fifteen million pound on championship players because championship player the championship clubs, you know, they, they're dealing with big money as well. Fifteen million is absolutely nothing in England. So the, pointing to that and saying, "I bet he spent a fortune towards the end," is just completely it's it's inaccurate to be yeah. to be honest. Yeah. So I I don't think you can label his time at Leicester an outright failure. That I think that's ridiculous to be honest. Just that I, we concentrate far too much on how things end yeah, rather than the, the journey along the way. Right. We've just done it recently as well. And it, it's understandable, but well, there's a tendency if things end not the way that's you know ideal or the way people would want them. A couple of days after Ange left, we're looking for reasons. We're scrabbling around going, why was this all bullshit all along? Why was a, this terrible? And I just say, it's a catch-22, isn't it? Or Melly, you said it rather. It's a catch-22. If... If he'd finished, you know, fifth, fifth, fifth with Leicester and we wanted him to be our manager, even if Brendan Rodgers wanted to be Celtic manager, he wouldn't have left a Leicester team that he was in the verge of breaking the top four with. We couldn't have afforded to get him anyway. The only reason he sat here today is because how things ended with him at Leicester. But that doesn't necessarily mean his whole time at Leicester was a failure. No? It's It's been sort of prevailing. Ah, he's, he's only there because he failed at Leicester. No, having a, had a read through how he did at Leicester and the things we've spoken about, I just, I just don't really... I just, I think it's a mischaracterisation to call that a failure in any manner of means. And then there's the 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 the, the European run that they, they got on as well. I mean, it's Leicester we're talking about here. Yeah. See, to be honest, he is, obviously there's Claudio Ranieri and then you're reaching back in the pre-Premier League era. It, there, there's a reason people talk kind of pre and post Premier League because that was the kind of advent and the kind of revolution of like fitness and when Arsene Wenger came in they basically changed everything the diets changed it was no longer a drinking culture but if you're talking like of the Premier League era you're basically talking about Brendan Rodgers as being maybe behind Claudio Ranieri who won the league their best manager in the modern era mm. basically get Martin O'Neill mention yeah. <laughs> Martin O'Neill mention of course Martin O'Neill is definitely in there as well mm. but he what I mean is Rodgers is certainly in the conversation as one yeah. of their greatest ever managers it's not it's not the norm for Leicester to be winning things no and when you look at it as well we lost Brendan Rodgers who is a great Celtic manager wasn't he seven uh, trophies out of seven he's went down to Leicester didn't quite break the top four, but he'd got them, uh, broke into the top six and did very well. So he's going up against class managers, against class players every week. He developed a lot of players there, but when you look at it from Celtic's point of view now, we have now got a manager that was close to getting into that top four. So he had the tactics and the wherewithal to go up against the best managers in the game. That's where they all are now. And he went on a European run and he won a cup down there. He brings all that to Celtic on top of what he was before Celtic. Mm. And Brendan Rodgers is always a very adaptable manager, I found. He's not wedded to the one formation or the one style of play. He adapts, he changes to the way football is. A lot of his styles are kind of like Guardiola. So we've got what we had before. Plus, he's probably learned a lot more. He's probably learned to be more pragmatic. He's probably learned a lot more about European football. Hey, apart from the... Champions League runs he had with Celtic, he'd won campaign with Liverpool, now he's had another one with Leicester as well, he's had these cup runs, he's went up against the best managers in the world, that bodes well for Celtic because look, he can come back to Scotland anyway. Do you think, so you're saying he's a better manager, you, do you think he's a better manager now than he was first time around when he joined Celtic? I'd say so, I think experience, I think being brought down to earth a wee bit as well, less of the Brentisms and all that and the... The coaching and the management down in England has got better since uh, he left and as he's been there, he's been going up against the best. 
He'll have learned a lot from that. He'll have had to adapt to different formations. Players like Jamie Vardy was good and then he's had to drop off a bit with his pace going, so he's had to change things up. He'll he'll learn so much more. And even if you want to call it failure, will you learn more from fail than you, than you mm, do from yeah. winning? So at Celtic, he was winning all the time. He goes down there, has to go up against great managers, great coaches, great, great players, comes up very well and then has to go away and check himself after losing his job. I think, again, it lights up that fire inside for him again if he wants to be back in the Premier League he's going to have to do a smashing job at Celtic which will only benefit us I think this, uh, the, the affiliation at Celtic is another thing people are questioned and having spent the last you know as the rumours kicked off I'm feverishly going back watching every interview Brendan Rodgers ever done since he left Celtic to sort of get clues about what sort of guy he is and I, I will say this for Brendan Rodgers I'm no I'd never thought I'd be sitting here defending Brendan Rodgers in a Celtic podcast and I would never defend the way he left I would never defend the way he left Celtic and we can talk about that as well but one thing that's been consistent throughout his time at Leicester is how he was very highly spoken of Celtic he was you know questions were put to him you know is Leicester a bigger club than Celtic and he more or less as Leicester manager went well have you know Celtic are actually probably yeah. a bigger club than Leicester there were interviews that he was doing where he was talking about how you know without any hesitation I'd go back to Celtic the time wasn't right well, not the time wasn't right, when the time is right, and without any hesitation, I'd go back. Then there was an interesting interview he did with Cammy and Ben Shepherd uh, right. that I watched, and they asked him, why did you leave Celtic? And this is what I think brings us to why he's come back. They asked him why he left Celtic, and he said he loved his time at Celtic, he loves Glasgow, family, he did that bit, but then he went on to say, you know, Celtic came... I'm paraphrasing here but yeah. he said Celtic are more or less got the potential to to make a mark in Europe sort of that was the phrase he used and he goes at the time the club were unwilling or maybe unable to provide the investment that we needed to do that and that was something they spoke about at Celtic you know if the investment stops coming then my time here is that phrase he used Terminado <laughs> that famous interview and I think people kind of knew that's yeah. that's what that was the exit at Celtic that was the exit the he knew then that he knew the investment wasn't there. That dried up. I don't know what came first, the chick or the egg in this scenario. He started to explore other opportunities. The the investment then dried up and then it all sort of crumbled and he left. But one thing he has been consistent about is being a Celtic fan, how he'd return. And then this question about Europe, about this this making a mark in Europe. And that can mean a million different things. We will talk a wee bit about that. But what do you think, Melly, that the politics of the situation? Because one question that you know people put to me is What's in it for Brendan Rodgers? What yep. is in it for Brendan? What is the politics of Brendan Rodgers' return here? Because he, on the face of it, he's got almost nothing to gain in terms of reputation from coming back to Celtic. No. Uh, unless that question of Europe, for me, that question of Europe, that box there gets ticked. If you can establish Celtic as a minor European force, not win the Champions League, not, you know, go out there and smash Man City next season and, you know, but re-establish Celtic on that stage consistently. That's something worth doing. What do you think the politics this return is about for Brendan? Uh, well, it depends. I think for people, it's a, it's a good few years that he's been away from Celtic now for, again, a guy that wasn't loyally stayed at Leicester for a long time. And things change a lot. Maybe personally things have changed for him. Maybe family, family situations have changed for him where he wants... I want to go somewhere where I can leave my mark at Leicester. Where everybody knows your name, Exactly. <laughs> but as well, Brendan Rodgers, <laughs> he smashed through a lot of walls for Celtic. He'd mm. done things that we didn't think were possible. But also, uh, Ange Postacoglu coming in after that has smashed through a lot of things as well. The Champions League getting straight into the group stage is massive. Uh, Ange Postacoglu wiped away... Peter Law being away has changed a lot of things as well. Um, but Ange Postacoglu smashed a lot of the myths that January transfer window was massive for us. We never signed in in January mm. of any repute. Uh, it's hard to bring in players in the summer. All all this, all these myths that we were told, it's difficult for Celtic to sign good players and all that. That's all gone now. That's all gone. And Rodgers had a part to play in that. Postacoglu had a part to play in that. And Celtic have never been a better position so right do now. Do you think it took maybe an Ange Postacoglu coming in working a slightly different way and Brendan's watching from afar and maybe when the conversations began he goes you know what things aren't the same at Celtic as they used to be there are ways and means to do things the board you know obviously not exactly but I've sat down and went to Brendan and went do you know what see that issue we had in January about struggling to bring in players 
Well, we actually found a way to resolve that now. See this thing about trying to identify talent in markets where we're not having to go out and spend 8 million quid and 9, 10, 15 million quid on players. We can bring in quality players from Asia and from Germany, from these other markets. We've got good t- contacts here now. Do you think it was where the combination of Celtic working and Ange, where the club have come to now that have made it a more attractive prospect? For yeah, Brendan definitely. Rogers? And look, the Champions League thing's massive as well, isn't it? Like straight in there, that means you can get the players. Celtic under Rogers spent nine million once and just come in and Celtic have spent six million twice. That's it's unheard of. It's more. Aye, uh, <laughs> and uh, they can, can go. We, we check that again. Yeah, if we could let us know in the comments okay, underneath this. Right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so like Celtic are doing things right, and with Rogers, even we had Rogers, well, that you're still not doing things right. There's still things going wrong here. Ange was in, and it was always if he's back, he'll do well. Mm. I don't think they can argue he wasn't back. So Rogers has got that. He's got the European thing. Peter Law's not there. Celtic seem to be running things well. I just think it it's the right time now. Why did he come back, Stephen? Well, What's that for Brendan? Well, see, quite aside from all that, and I agree with that, those are all the, the benefits that we profess to offer managers as a club, this platform in which we could go and do something in Europe and then build your reputation and all that. But from a more... I mean, this might be more slightly charitable to a character like Brendan Rodgers, right? But from a more human element, um, maybe maybe he just wants to come back and be the big guy again. Right? Yeah. I wondered about this last Another week as well. Height, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to, wants to come back and be the big dog in a country. Now, we can't have it both ways. Is this not what we put to people? And famously, what we said, or what people said to Brendan Rodgers when he left was, here's what you've left on the table here. You could have been this, but you traded it for that. Mm-hmm. You traded it for Leicester. You traded immortality, the chance to be a legend and all that, right? So when he comes back looking for that, can I can I do that again? We can't say, but that's, you know, that's not on the table for you. I, again, that's taking aside all the the politics and welcoming him back mm-hmm. and all that. But you, if, if he is, if he genuinely has the opportunity to be a, a genuine Celtic legend, whatever, whatever, you know, kind of, definition you want to put on that then maybe that's, that's enough unfair. for him I don't think yeah. that's unfair I think there's a lot to be said for Brendan Rodgers who if you take the guy at face value he's yeah. a Celtic fan if you see the fact that he's worked here twice yeah, and, and everything he said you can fairly say that the guy's a Celtic fan again the way he left and we, yeah. we'll talk about that in a minute but I don't think there's anything wrong with saying Brendan Rodgers was attracted by the prospect of coming to Celtic and making a mark and also quite aside for Celtic he might just quite enjoy being the big guy in a country being yeah. what a major player in a, in a football league and there's nothing wrong with that genuinely don't think that's ridiculous at all really? that that's a big appeal for, for someone like that I mean we don't of course the joke the major joke about Brendan Rodgers is he's a bit of an egomaniac right but mm. that, again that's all these top guys are you oh, tell me Mourinho's not an egomaniac oh, tr- try and become successful <laughs> as a football yeah. manager without having oh, yeah. some sort of some sort of egomania about your megalomania yeah. <laughs> so I, I think that's of, of huge appeal for him to Maybe maybe he's deluded by thinking that he can he can jump ship in the way he did and just come back and pick up where he left off and everything's going to be fine. Maybe we will see. It's going to be intriguing uh, when it, when the first game rolls around think... the, the true fan reception because I'm not really paying attention to Twitter just yet because no. we will find out. I, I think I personally think the the overwhelming reaction to Brendan Rodgers coming back will be positive. No, I, I again I'm not judging anyone for the reaction. I know how much of a Hot potato. This is him mm. coming back. Another, I'm not sure it's. I, part of me's. Part. I think part of me is thinking that it's not as much of a hot potato as some people would like it to be because the the response has been overwhelmingly yeah, positive. Yeah. Mm. And I think Celtic fans. You no, know, we on this podcast kind of treat a lot of things with humour. Do you know what I mean? A lot of the a lot of the 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 comment on it has been ah well I go light it again. All that sort of. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, oh, yeah. this would be great until it's no. It's been that sort of. It's been yeah. that sort of vibe and. You know, you don't want to take yourself too seriously when with, with things like this happen. But I think, I think you're right, Stephen. I think there is an element of, you know, the ego about Brendan Rodgers, an element of he is definitely a Celtic fan. I think there's probably an element of whether or not he sees it this way, maybe wanting to right some wrongs. Um, although the, the, there's no question, he might not think he did anything wrong by the, by, by the way he left. But I think another thing that a lot of people are talking about, and, and it's been rumoured that he's been sold on a project. It's, right, it's been yeah. ruled that he's been sold on a project to Celtic. The way things normally go when you get back one X is things will be different this time. And I, and I think <laughs> yeah. that's basically what he's been sold yeah. at Celtic. You know, the things we were speaking about mainly about the recruitment is slightly different. And I think, I don't think, having said all the things he said in the past, I don't see Brendan Rodgers coming back to Celtic without the goal being making a mark on Europe. Now, 
we could sit here and have a whole entire podcast dedicated to what that might mean. Yeah. Some people think making a mark in Europe means nothing unless you get out of a Champions League group, right? So there's one. Some people think making a mark on Europe, if that's your goal, you fail if you don't meet the Europa League final, right? Some people think that's a failure. Some people think making a mark on Europe is just making sure you get into the Champions League group stage every single season and that, that's, that's where you compete. So it means a million different things. But I think one thing's for sure, Celtic as a club need to be there or thereabouts in Europe. And I think a, not, not an unrealistic goal if this is where you're channeling the forces and channeling the investment in the manager and everybody's working towards it, is to say, let's try and make a European final in five years. I don't think that's an unrealistic goal. And I think that's maybe what Brendan Rodgers has been sold on. He's been sold on, we're bringing you back to achieve the things that you wanted to achieve first time around that maybe we didn't facilitate the right way, i.e. investment, i.e. the right type of player. Yeah, I think so. I think the... That's changed as well. A Scottish team has got to a European final, unfortunately, mm. since he was last here. So I think he'll say, I can do that. But uh, Europe, Europe's massive. I think the Champions League is going to be huge. Getting Knowing you're going to be there, knowing that it was that, do we need to sell players? And the Champions League's there, but Celtic have also moved forward in this sort of player model strategy, haven't they? They are selling players. Keane Tierney went for £25 million since then. We've been selling players at higher prices and bringing in a lot more players then so and of course the Champions League's key at that you know these yeah. players do well in Scotland we get good money for them they do well in Europe we get great money for them that's the difference yeah and it look it's now at the point at Celtic where you're like that right that's a lot of money in the bank what's the point in that if the mm. results aren't going in the pitch Celtic are doing well on the pitch not in Europe but so go out and use that money to speculate to accumulate and Celtic have got the chance now with this guaranteed Champions League money having a really good footballing team now to go out there and improve on that improve on the facilities we've got there we all know the, the training ground and all that could do with a, a wee spruce up what mm. happened to the museum and all that I want all that but <laughs> yeah remember that I was talking like to somebody the hotel, about that the, 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 the floating pitch and all that eh? <laughs> but I think as well with the European thing to make a mark in Europe is something that will be there for Brendan Rodgers he's had that taste of that European run mm. with Leicester as well if we, we want a guy who's going to be successful we want somebody that's going to be ambitious if he does want to get back to the Premier League he will have to make a mark in Europe with Celtic if he went to Crystal Palace say, it's going to be very difficult for him to get one of the top six jobs but if he does well in Europe with Celtic again then it might be something for him but look, that, might, that might be gone for him but in any way even if he does that the Champions League is huge for them this is the last year where it's in its current format next year it goes you're a guaranteed eight games I think it is when it changes that's massive for Celtic that's massive for Scottish football so he'll have eight guaranteed games then if you progress after that, there's more chance of progression. So it's going to be very interesting. And a three-year contract, Stephen. Yeah. It's a three-year yeah, contract. Yeah. I mean, he's always... rolling pish. No, obviously yeah. none of these rolling <laughs> contracts. It's a three-year contract, which presumably means plenty of money if he does this, he just jump ship for us and plenty of money for Brendan Rodgers if he stays, obviously. Yeah. Um, so uh, that tells me that he's went, right, someone's went or he's went, right, give me three years and we'll see what we can pull off here. Yeah, I, the the thing is, we're looking at it entirely from Brendan Rodgers' angle. What, what's in it for him? What's the, mm. what's the point in having a three year contract if that's a three year plan and all that? But as as much as it might be unpalatable for us just now during the excitement, it might not work out this time no, around no. either. We mm. we might not want to be stuck with him for three years. It might just it might not be as good this time around. Of course, yeah. Football's moved on, and another thing that's moved on massively. Celtic have moved on hugely since Brendan was last year. It's, it's it's almost hard to get your head around just how far Celtic have come in that mm. in that barely short to medium period of time there. But something else that's moved on massively is the Champions League, which is why making a mark in Europe just seems like such a vague term to me just now. No, it's not permanent because as we will be sitting in these chairs reacting to a, a Champions League group draw at some point and then we'll know what making a mark in mm. Europe is because there's every chance we could build ourselves up Brendan Rodgers you have to make a mark in Europe or it's or it's a waste of time that we're tearing up your contract and then we go and draw Man City, Real Madrid and Borussia Dortmund or something like that yeah. in, in a group and we're, we're definitely going to go out of it I think it. at that point I think I, know, I hear what you're saying yeah. I think at that point though people would be realistic enough to go right okay that one that first one kind of doesn't count I, ho I hope so uh, yeah I think so but um, 
that that's still valid. I think it's yeah. going to take time. I think expecting anything in the first season. It's a club wide project as well, yeah, isn't yeah, it? It's not right. just point to Brendan Rodgers and going, Well, you said you were going to make a mark in Europe. And yeah. he's like, Well, hold on, they brought Azagiri back for a third, yeah. <laughs> a third shot. I can't do much with that. And look, it is not impossible. What, what Melly referenced as well. Rangers did get to a European final out of absolutely nowhere no one expected that this season Celtic could go on an absolute tear this season shock the world and do brilliantly in the Champions mm. League my thought on it just now is just let's let's just see how it goes well, it's going to take time because we're getting we've really got nowhere in Europe in the last what, how, however many years we've been really underwhelming in Europe aside from and the I odds. think that's it I think that's the key isn't yeah. it Brendan's probably watched that and went we've been really underwhelmed we yeah. can do better than this of course yeah. Yeah. and and we're back a bit of investment we can you know maybe no win that group with Marcel, Barcelona Man City <laughs> yeah. and Bruce maybe no yeah. win that group but he goes do you know what if we get a, if we get into this Europa Conference League if we get into a, a Europa League if we you know we have to start qualifying for the Champions League again don't we That's we're not automatically in the Champions League in perpetuity there will come no, a time yeah. and very soon when we need to start qualifying for it again maybe he's went right I'm the guy to guide you in there and make sure that always happens yeah um, I'd love a I'd love a conference run at some point as well see looking at how how much West Ham enjoyed that it, last yeah. season how much David Moyes loved it uh, exactly I'd love <laughs> that at some point of course the Champions League is always the goal of course it is but I'm not I'm not a snob about these so-called sort of diddy competitions no, underneath that at all. I'd absolutely love a, a few trips into that small details are big surfaces tight corners are odd shapes flat rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. If you haven't heard already, it's Smooth Sack Summer. When you're playing in the summer sun, make sure you're scaped from pubes to bum. That's right, this summer, keep your balls cool while still looking hot with Manscaped. The leaders in below-the-waist grooming are making sure we all have a ball this summer by giving our pant partners everything we need to stay fresh. The wording gets worse. Dive headfirst into Smooth Sack Summer by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with our code TIMS, T-I-M-S. The Manscaped Performance Package 4.0 has everything you need to prepare that summer bod. They've built the ultimate grooming bundle for your summer grooming. The Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 has a 7,000 RPM motor. A new multifunction on-off switch can engage a travel lock and gives you the ability to turn on the 4,000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. Did I mention this trimmer is stunning quality waterproof too <laughs> beach lake or shower this razor will devour even the strongest pubes get 20% off and free shipping with the code TIMS at manscaped.com that's 20% off free shipping when you insert the code T-I-M-S TIMS at manscaped.com it's smooth sack summer boys get on board or get left behind right we're all big boys and we are we are we're all big boys and it's fair to say that doing this podcast game, it's very easy for us to <laughs> right. sit here, throw about judgments, yes, uh, make bold claims, make bold statements, 
and very few, in fact, rarely do we have to face up and face these bold statements, right? <laughs> However, we sat here after Brendan Rogers left and we flung about terms like disgrace, mm. rat, never welcome back at Celtic Park and all that sort of stuff. And the fact of the matter is he's back. And the fact of the matter is we go to press conferences from time to time. And the fact of the matter is we might be sat in front of the guy at some point. So he might turn and say to us, the guys that call me a rat you <laughs> and he will remember yeah, you'll have notes you're the guy you probably will yeah. have a dossier on every single person <laughs> they call them a prick they call them a rat who said such and such yeah. so and there'll be people listening to this podcast going ah oh, listen you gushing them now it wasn't that four years ago when I used to listen to 20 no, minute times no. you were slaughtering the guy and blah 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 so I think we should take this time so do you stand by it do you think it was fair do you how do you square that circle Stephen? Um, look, I think, yeah, a lot of things would have been said at the time, but that's, I'm, I'm not going to apologise for that. If it went too far, I can't really remember. If it went too far, then, mm. I, then I will accept that. I, I don't think we... If Brendan we... Rogers presented you, you called me a cock. <laughs> anyway, okay, maybe I shouldn't have called you, you a cock. You beardy twat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff like that. Uh, look, if it got, I don't think so though. I, like, judging by the tone of our general podcast, mm. we, we do tend to take things in decent humour. Like Brendan Rodgers leaving shocked us all and I think we were all a bit raw after it, a little bit emotional because, look, the support four years on, we're all still kind of feeling it when we all we all kind of went back into that playbook when Ange left. Like, how can we compare these mm. two situations mm. that we, we don't know how to react any other I way? I mean, even when Ange left, I said, look, do my Ange, nothing compared ah, to Brendan no, Rodgers. Yeah. We, we use that comparison. Yeah, yeah of course. But I, look, it, a lot, of, a lot has changed since then. Realistically, we have to either swallow it and, and just accept that he is the best man for the job or we can spend the next season in a huff about it. And, and again... I, I'm, <laughs> such a, such but, a good turn of phrase. Uh, but <laughs> genuinely, I, I will not criticise anyone for thinking that because it was tough at the time. I, I do accept that. I am open to the fact that, or, or to the possibility rather, that maybe it was just a, a bit of an overreaction based on... The timing of it, yes, and that's his fault. But also, there was an awful lot of pressure and tension throughout the fans at that time because of the 10 in a row thing. Mm. We were all aiming towards that and we all kind of lost sight of things. We all started calling everybody who left a rap, Kieran Tierney, never a Celtic well. fan. Neil Lennon's never a Celtic man, all that kind of stuff. So I think all of the stuff that had built up for the previous two and a half years, we were singing Brendan Rodgers here for 10 in a mm. row, all that stuff. And when he upped and left, that all felt very precarious and we didn't get there in the end anyway, as history tells. So I think it is possible that maybe we all just overreacted a little bit to what was a professional decision from the guy. I have, maybe that helped me because I very easily came to terms with Ange doing the same thing. Mm. I was very kind of diplomatic about that. I thought, right, it's just an opportunity for the guy. Good luck to him. I, I thank him for what he achieved here and, and that's basically, I don't like it. But Brendan Rodgers, it was, it was rough at the time and we probably said a few things that were a little bit beyond the pale, but what what's our, what what are the alternatives well, what here? I, what uh, I would say is what I would say is this: I would say that the way Brendan Rodgers left was wrong. Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. percent wrong. Um, it's not his fault, but if he stayed, we would have won ten in a row. Hundred percent, no no question yeah. in my mind. The way he left was wrong, and I think it was. And I would say this if I sat in front of him. I think uh, <laughs> it was a touch of critical to give the big Celtic fan stuff and yeah I know he is but as you said he made a professional decision and I know it's a lot of money and all that but could Leicester have waited to, until the end of the season a couple more weeks in effectively where it was before the season finished up before the league was wrapped up before you could go to Leicester City maybe it was taken now and never darken our door again or stay at Celtic but I think the way he left was wrong I, I think you don't do that to a club at Celtic you don't just disappear in the middle of the night and take the whole staff and rush down to Leicester because you're so enamoured by this prospect of the Premier League I think and I think if, I would like to think if the same situation came up again in 18 months or two years, Brendan Rodgers would act differently. Um, so I, I think that's fair. As for the insults we were throwing about it, I mean, all that, look, it's knockabout stuff. Yeah, Do you know yeah. what I mean? And that comes with the territory. You, Brendan Rodgers knows you're going to be put on this massive pedestal. You, uh, Brendan Rodgers knows that if you're going to get 16,000 people at the high road to watch you chat to Eamon Holmes <laughs> about God knows what, if you leave in the middle of the night, one or two of these people are going to be pissed yes, off. Yeah. I think that's fair enough and I think it's par for the course and I think it's all part of the game. And you're right, I don't think we went too overboard. Call them a rat. <sighs> you know, I, to, a lot of people don't realise... the vibe of the day, wasn't well, it? A lot of people don't realise when we were saying that we meant really astute tactician. <laughs> 
That's what we. That's what we meant. You know, a rat, really another treble. That's that's kind of <laughs> every single iteration, every use of that word was an acronym for really astute tradition. Go back and check. Yeah, go check back and check. Every, as you might yeah, say, go, go back in context and everything. Stephen, uh, sorry, Melly, have you got a, a, a confession you would make to Brendan Rogers? Eh, uh, I would look. I just say if I was speaking to him, it, it was wrong the way you left. Yeah. The, on the eve of a massive game just before a, a cup quarter final and a way tie you couldn't have waited a week and got them out of the way and then I think we had a week's break to the next game but no it was game on Saturday Monday night we'd done a podcast then Tuesday morning and then on the Tuesday <laughs> evening he was getting interviewed in the Leicester tie and all yeah. that it just felt a bit it was a bit too quick for everything to go down but Yes, maybe we overreacted. I can't quite remember my reaction, but the fact is, this is that was the first time this had happened to us. Yeah. Managers don't leave Celtic like that. They had never in my lifetime managers had either left at the end of the season or been sacked. Nobody had either had ditched Celtic and left like that. Yeah. So it was a shock. I remember getting up in the morning and seeing it, the rumours, and then there was a tweet from Stephen McGowan and I remember looking at my phone going, no. <laughs> First thing in the morning, because that's when you know, knew mm. it was real. So for that to happen, it was a whirlwind, but you're going to get blowback if you leave Celtic in yeah. that manner. Yeah. MD will get the game. it. MD will get it, but for a guy to say he's a fan and all that, even if he waited a week, he still would have got he still would have got all the the bad press and all that from Celtic fans and look rightly so you're leaving Celtic as a massive team but you left to benefit yourself and I think because that is the first time it has happened it was raw at the time but I've learned from it like this is a job to these guys again like when Kieran Tierney left like he said oh he's a Celtic fan he should never leave him growing up as a Celtic fan is completely different to us growing up mm. as Celtic fans. We never have to make these decisions. We watch Celtic games because that's what we do on a Saturday. He has Celtic games for his under 10s, 12, whatever, all the way up. It's totally different. The same as Brendan Rodgers. Every time Celtic play, basically, he's managing a football team throughout his career. He's had to check Celtic scores, so it's different for him. But... Leaving in that, leaving in the middle of the night was no good. The way it all happened wasn't good. The way we, we as fans and myself reacted probably wasn't good. But I've learned from it. This is football now. I think it showed that things can change, and I think football has changed a lot in that time as well. That you get a two to three year cycle with people, and it keep look. Brendan Rodgers staying for 10 in a row. It was another two seasons. Celtic yeah. still won the treble that season. They still won a treble the following season. It's no his fault we didn't win 10 in a row. It's Celtic's fault. Whatever I did say at the time, uh, I'm not going to take it back because that would be silly. I, I did say it, as I said, check yeah. the record, down, but it's definitely there. Take it back, we'd be calling you a pussy if you did it. <laughs> but it doesn't mean I need to stick to it going forward because things have changed. I remember ex exactly what I mainly said after we threw around the silly insults and all that. Mm. The main thing I said was that only two things are ever going to matter about Brendan Rodgers' time at Celtic. One, the unprecedented level of success he no, undoubtedly delivered in his time here and two the way he snuck out the back door in the middle of the night and left us in the Lutz and left us well, struggling to fill the backroom staff yeah. to, to take on a game phoning up playing his pals and all that <laughs> <laughs> he did in on Saturday and all that so right, all, those two things were the only things that mattered at the time but that's changed now because we've now got a future with the guy yes. now I, again I've got a choice here I can either just stick to what I said now years ago and just no give him a chance and just again go on a huff about it chuck my season ticket, give it to somebody on the waiting list and all that. Or I can just choose to see the positives in it, look yep. beyond that and get behind them and hope for more success coming forward. And again, I, I don't want that to be misconstrued as me criticising anyone who chooses not to do that. You're well within your rights to just go, nah, this is beyond the pale for me. Mm. I, I, I believe that Celtic should have been better than that. I, I believe that Celtic shouldn't have gone crawling back to this this like Judas and all that right if that's your position I'm not I'm genuinely not going to like, fall out with you over it but my position is not that I'm choosing to just you know, I accept them back and maybe we've learned from a few things over the last few years and we can hopefully go forward together I think I think overall mostly we respected what we said at the time right 
Nobody cares. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody yeah. cares what yeah. we think. Brendan exactly. Rogers definitely doesn't. Brendan Rogers definitely doesn't. But what we do, we did get a lot of tweets, mostly from Rangers fans, but some from Celtic <laughs> fans going, oh, so he's not a rat anymore. So you're like, well, why not bring it up? We're big boys. We're not yeah. afraid to, we're not going to sit here and kid on. We didn't call the guy a rat. We did. And we called him a rat because of the way we left. And we still think the way he left was a bit rat-like. <laughs> um, see, see on this thing, again, I'm not, I'm not speaking for anyone and I'm not going to criticise them for this because they are just expressing themselves. But as we record this, the North Cove, who are mm. our enormous fans group online and and in the in the stadium, have spoken, have made their displeasure known online, referencing the banner that they made at the time, saying never a sell, always a fraud, all that. That's, that's entirely a valid position to take. However, I hope that that is just a sort of one-off statement of, of really, we've not forgotten, mm. this is what we think of this, but we're all going to kind of get on the same page going forward. But again, everyone's entitled to whatever protest they want to make about it. But best luck to them, I think. It's you know. kind of good for us as well, because... What, Brent, us three? <laughs> us three, us mm. as millions and millions of Celtic fans, but he now has to prove people wrong, doesn't he? Yeah. In yeah. his own support, rather than, as usual in this country going into the next season as second favourite to win the league probably <laughs> he has to turn around some of his own fans and that's a challenge yeah. that is a challenge for him and next season anything but a treble will that be seen as a success for him because that's what we're used to from him he's got to go out and he's got to get signings right because that's something that's mm. been held against him as well, well like, let's talk about that. It's next on the agenda, actually. Yeah, oh, the, the two next things on the agenda are, are um, the signings. We're going to end on a positive, but you know, it's not our fault. The signings <laughs> and the football style, because do the signings first. But I think there's an interesting question here about the style of football because Brendan Rodgers was very much possession based, recycle the ball side to side and wait for the wee gaps to open up and exploit them in that way. Whereas it's quite different from what Celtic fans have been watching over the past couple of years for Brendan Rodgers and we've all sat around here and everybody loves the football and we think it's the best football we've seen under a Celtic manager for a very long time so there's definitely a difference in style there that's probably worth touching on um, and we'll definitely have like scouting podcasts to go a bit further into that and the transfers are something that you guys turned to on the Breakfast of Champions the most recent yeah, Breakfast of yeah. Champions which is great fun yes, yeah. <laughs> which is something we do on which is something we do on patreon.com slash 20 minute times that's an extra weekly Celtic news podcast sort of nestles in between flagship recordings yep. it's like a big brother's little brother podcast the <laughs> yeah. flagship's little brother that's available on patreon.com slash 20 minute times and you guys had the pleasure of sitting down and having a look through all of Brendan Rogers signings and but what was your conclusion you came up with well we had we put them into three brackets didn't we mm. game changer meh and outright flop yep yeah you could probably guess where most of them went. So, but, but I can't. So please tell me. Another listeners might not be able to. Uh, yeah, right. Flop. Most yeah. of them. Have, yeah. I think uh, was there twenty seven transfers, wasn't yeah. there? But at the same time as that, they, there was a pattern. The first two seasons, the transfers were good to decent, and mm. then it just completely fell off a cliff. So you could see where things started to go wrong for Celtic and Brendan Rodgers. So the recruitment has to get better, but. The good thing with that is Celtic's recruitment has got mm. much better. It's never because it's been a as good as... thing, is it? It's yeah, not just a no. manager. It's it shouldn't just, just the... be the manager, mm. should it? This is what we want. When managers leave, it doesn't mean everything up and goes with them. And Celtic have been lucky enough, we haven't mentioned it yet, that all the backroom staff have stayed at Celtic, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is great continuity for Celtic. This is guys that have worked under Neil Lennon, Ronnie Dyla, even Brendan before. And now Ange Postacoglu, and they get to keep all that and add another very good manager in there. So we've got all that. The recruitment has to be better under Rodgers this time. It should be better. We have Mark Law in charge of a lot of things. We've changed a lot of the scouting. We are scouting much further. I think Brexit's changed things as well. So look, eh, that's all should be in Celtic's favour now. We've started selling players. Plus the squad is in a place right now where... We don't have to sell MD and we have a lot of sellable assets even if we were to. The, the transfers is key for Brendan, isn't it? That, that's definitely, you know, he's not entirely responsible for that, but then no. the managers carry the can. Yeah. That's a, that's one to watch, isn't it, going forward? Well, I think much like what we talked about with the Leicester thing earlier, a lot of context has to come into this. It's not just that Brendan Rodgers flopped at Leicester. There's a, a lot more detail to it than that. I think it's impossible to mention Brendan Rodgers record in the transfer market with Celtic without mentioning the, the names of Lee Congerton and Peter Lawwell. These are the three key mm. roles in that tragic play that, that, that played <laughs> out in front of triangle. us. tragic yeah, triangle. So they, they were all to blame. To what extent? I don't know, but all of them were to blame in some way or another. But that's another thing about the the longevity thing. Now, it's all, I think we, we kind of have this 
romantic notion in our heads that a manager needs to come in and they've got a five-year plan, they stay forever and they stay for ages. That doesn't really happen now. But see, when you look at the nature of the recruitment that happens under certain managers, there's probably a pattern emerging where it starts off brilliantly because they get the players they want up front right away because they've probably identified it right away. These are the players I want in straight away. And then it gradually declines. Yeah. There's even, I know we're only two seasons in, but people had even started questioning the last window from Ange talking about how no one came in and really made any impact on the first yeah. team just yet so th th it tends to be that way first window's great and then it starts to sort of trickle down Martin O'Neill was exactly the same Martin O'Neill, really... Gordon Strack, yeah. Neil Lennon first time round Rodgers it's so, happened everywhere so if that's the case do we really want a guy any longer than three years do we really do, mm. should we for the benefit of us as the fans and the club and all that should we not be getting shot at these guys after two or three years and getting totally fresh ideas and so it's it's another way of looking at things I know again the, the preferable thing back in the day would have been you get a guy and he stays for 10, 15 years and you just sort of grow together and it's it's always the same you, a comfy old pair of mm. jeans got the same manager there but if it's probably more evidence that you really need a, a, a new injection of ideas or, every so often. Or with Celtic, you need to be a wee bit more creative in the transfer market. Yeah, I, know yeah. we, I, do, I do agree with your point that there's diminishing returns on football managers. Yeah. There, there kind of always is. But I think, specifically when it comes to Brendan Rodgers, I think he struggled with the Celtic budget. Oh, yeah. I right. think, I, I mean, I don't. we obviously don't for certain, but I, I think when these managers presented with a group of players, Brendan Rodgers would look at them and go, Where's the fifteen million pound option? Well, Brendan, we don't have a fifteen million pound option. We have Jack Hendry, yeah. Marvin Comper, you know. And you yeah. had this really bizarre situation with Brendan Rogers, and I think this is part of the way the old system worked where players like Schved and Comper, you, there's two you could pick there. They turned up and Brendan Rogers immediately took a dislike to them. Like <laughs> they, they, they never played a game. We've got a short list here, Brendan. Right? <laughs> We've got numbers one to ten here, yeah. right? One is fifteen million and number ten is free. Uh, Brendan saying, right, can I take the top one fifty million? Kind of interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. let's, let's haggle. We'll uh, meet somewhere in the middle. But I mean, you wonder, like looking back, you wonder how a guy like Marvin Comper ends up at Celtic. We don't need yeah. to retread old ground, but who signed off on that? And, oh, you, and, you, and you hope things have changed. You hope that wasn't so much Brenda's influence and that was with the club. But as you say, we still kind of see it with, with, with Ange. We've got McCarthy in. Definitely didn't look like Ange player. Has hardly played and will probably be out the door. Um, he, oh my god his, his name has been mispronounced so often now I can only remember the mispronunciation but it's not Abregard what's his uh, name Abregard there you go yeah. I can only remember the mispronunciation so you're looking at these players and you're thinking well you know the, the, the sort of echoes as you say of, of, of what was happening before another thing that is worth mentioning um, is the football style because Brendan Rodgers had a very particular style and we did enjoy it at times I mean when Celtic are winning you're going to enjoy the football but it's there is a difference isn't there um, between and, and Brendan we're going to have a podcast on that we're going to have yeah. a podcast on the, the different styles on patreon.com and if you want to listen to the guys talk over Brendan Rogers transfers and go down a lovely trip down memory lane oh, that um, <laughs> that's still available on patreon.com slash 20 minute Tim's uh, on the treble tier so the football style is a wee bit different you think it's going to be an adjustment period for, for as many as fans or do you think Ban do you think Brendan's changed? Do you think he can replicate what oh, Ange yeah. did? Yeah, I, th I think he'll he's a very adaptable manager. The guy isn't wedded to one style. Mm -hmm. Liverpool he changed to a 3-4-3. Three, three. Uh Celtic he went back to the 4-2-3-1. Leicester he played a number of formations uh, to horses for courses. So I think it's going to be like that for Celtic. I think he'll have adapted as a manager. I think he'll have found ways that work, which hopefully will benefit us in Europe. And look Brendan Rodgers, like I said last week, is the only guy to have won a Champions League group game in the last mm. 10 seasons for Celtic. So if his style of play where we keep the ball is better for us, because we've seen under Ange, it was gung-ho. So if I'm not saying it was bad in any way. It was great watching Ange's team, whether we get beaten Europe or we won, which we didn't win an awful lot in the Champions League. But Celtic were very, very open. Brendan Rodgers is a w little bit more pragmatic, keeping the ball, like we've seen from Gordon Strachan to, uh, from Martin O'Neill to Gordon Strachan, keeping the ball a bit longer helped us in Europe. So it might be beneficial in Europe, but Celtic's bread and butter is the league. It's going to be very difficult for Brendan Rodgers to top Ange Postacoglu's style of play, but like it's going to be different. But if Celtic win the league and come out successful... It doesn't really matter, Win does it? No, winning football is fun football, Stephen. Yeah, that, that's that's correct. And hopefully we'll get some fun football. Hopefully mm -hmm. get some fun football, number one. But I, d I don't think he'll come back to Celtic and replicate exactly what he did 
four or five, six years ago mm. now when he, when he started because it's so long ago. Yeah. And see, to be honest, you wouldn't need Brendan Rodgers to do that. You could ask John Kennedy to do that, no yeah. bother. If it was just a case of doing, like, do what Brendan Rodgers mm. did five years ago, that would be, that could, you get anybody to do that, really. It's about adapting. And even, it may be even difficult to compare Leicester to Celtic because the objectives are very different. Yeah. They're, they're not going to get the same level of possession as Brendan yeah. has shown in the past that he valued at Celtic. So I'm just glad we're not going to hear the word Ange ball anymore. <laughs> yeah, so it's Rodge ball. Has it Rodge ball, Brain is, ball. Yeah, Brain <laughs> ball. They, I think I, I, I'd like to go back and, and see some of the, the kind of latter-day Rodgers football because I think much like the baby out with the bathwater style of mm. these things, Maybe that's been slightly exaggerated. I don't think it was as good as first season. How could it be with the yeah. invincible treble and all that? But I think there's been a, a sort of move to make. Oh, it was all terrible. The, the style of football was garbage towards the end. You consider the recruitment. Think of some of these yeah. players oh, that have turned out for his I... Ollie Burke and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> oh, oh. You know what I mean? Absolutely grim. So there is, you know, <laughs> oh, so overall, we're pretty positive. Very positive yeah. on, on the Ange on the I, Andrew No term. choice really. I, again, I, that's, well, that's much because you don't have a choice, or are you naturally positive about it? Well, I mean, I, I'm I'm opinionated. I like a moan mm. about things, but I, say, I think in general, <laughs> I, but, but in general, as a fan, I'm I'm pretty positive. I I, I defend players and I defend managers mm. and all that, until they give me absolutely no choice and I, I have to reassess it. But going into this. I do have the choice. I can be negative. I'm absolutely yeah, buzzing I about could, it. I could be negative about it, but I don't see any point in doing that. I, I think we just need to just need to suck it up, really. All that all that stuff that happened in the past. Yes, it did happen. You don't need necessarily forgive it or forget it, but we need to kind of move forward for the good aye, of the club. We we need to get on with it, really. I'm yeah. I'm absolutely delighted about yeah. the appointment of Brendan Rodgers. I I was pissed off back then, but I don't hold a grudge for four no, years. No. No. I'm I'm, I'm it's, as long as it doesn't raise its head again who cares but I just want to get I'm excited because I think we've got a top class manager here Melly. yeah, yeah I, I'm delighted as well I think the Rogers thing look, I've accepted what happened and you kind of need to just accept it and move on whether you forget is another it's uh, Ange we hate now <laughs> is another story but if he hadn't moved on look we wouldn't have got Ange and all that now, now that he's back like He's a top-class manager. We've seen that the way he operates at Celtic and elsewhere. When Ange left, you're looking about who could Celtic realistically get. My top two were Potter and Rodgers. Mm. Potter was pie in the sky. That was never going to happen. But Celtic, um, I've heard, asked him the question. And then the other guy they've got. So we can go on about how poor Celtic are, poorly Celtic are running all that and what uh, what's all wrong with them. But Celtic have changed a lot since Brendan Rodgers left for the better well since Neil Lennon left mm. for the better things have changed dramatically Brendan Rodgers coming into that he is the best man we could have got yes he comes a bit with a bit of baggage but I'd take that over an unknown quantity any day I'll, I'll oh Stephen you got something yeah, or just a final thing a final thing on the nature of the appointment as well look we lost a manager a very popular manager look, things have happened since and people weren't happy about Ange leaving after the cup final but we lost a very popular and charismatic and easy to get behind manager just a couple of weeks ago. And within, still in June, Celtic mm. have gone out and appointed the most high-profile manager they can possibly hope to attract. Right On the surface of things, again, taking all the obvious sort of complications with it aside, that's a job well done by the yeah. club. I mean, what, what more could we possibly ask? A lesser manager with less baggage? Yeah, if that's a deal you're willing to make, if that's a compromise you're willing to make, fine. But... They've gone out and get the best man for the job within two weeks of the, the previous guy leaving. I'll tell you this, it was about 10 days between Ange leaving and Brendan Rodgers arriving. Right. And for that 10 days, Rangers fans were delighted. Because <laughs> when Ange walked out the door, they thought, this is it. They knew, Rangers knew with Ange, they were in place at Celtic, they were never going to win a thing. They just could not beat this guy. And when Ange left, they were partying and they were delighted and they thought, this is it. And you can even, I'm sure, Beale and all that, they're sitting in the office, they're signing all these players, bringing all these guys on and big money and Butland and all these players from down south are like, this is it, oh, they, they, they will need to wait and see who they approach. I'm telling you right now, doesn't matter the bravado, doesn't matter what they say online, it matters not a jot. To see the return of Brendan Rodgers to Celtic, they're terrified. This oh. is the one thing they didn't want to happen. <laughs> Honestly, so, yeah. they, are they are absolutely terrified. You can tell just by the comments. Like, we've not had much 
as much interaction for Rangers fans on social media oh, well, I know. as we have since the world of Brendan Rodgers came back. They are absolutely terrified and, and they should be. The YouTube comments are incredible these days. Thanks yeah. th- thanks for keeping us going, by the way, Rangers <laughs> fans these days. You can set your watch by it. We get more comments now from Rangers fans than anything else. And it's always a, it's always a nice wee boost to see mm-hmm. these the, the clever lot that they are. Bombarders with uh, comments at like two o'clock, three o'clock on Sunday morning. I wake up, check the comments overnight, and it's always, Oh, you are obsessed from, <laughs> from the clever lot that are sitting with a Saturday night watching a Celtic podcast. We are obsessed. So they're going to be obsessed all over again with Brendan Rogers because when they watched a treble winning manager go out the door, they thought, Oh, who are they going to get? You know, are they going to get the job to John Kennedy? Is it going to be one of these rookies? And then walks a guy that won, what, three trebles, more or less? Almost, One, yeah. one invincible treble. It's, it's terrible news for Rangers. Yeah. And I put out the tweet on 20 Minute Tims and it's got so many bookmarks. It's obviously Rangers fans. <laughs> but I want you to remember this. Clip this. With Brendan Rodgers in charge at Celtic, Rangers are winning nothing. Oh. <laughs> Clip that. And we'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to 20 Minute Tim. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Support our Patreon, patreon.com slash 20 Minute Tim's. The content continues throughout the summer. Thanks for watching and listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.